Greetings, travelers. Welcome to Occult Odyssey, a travel, true crime, and paranormal podcast. This podcast will cover various regions around the world in each and every episode. I'm your travel guide, Abby, and you can join me as we trek around the globe to learn about the dark side of our destinations. Murders, haunts, urban legends, bloody histories, we'll cover it all. So grab your compass and leave the map at home as we journey down the darker path the tourism industry doesn't always tell you about. That is, if you dare. Oh, let me squeeze past you and grab the ranch. I'm proud to announce that the first season of Occult Odyssey will be about Illinois. I chose Illinois for a few different reasons, mainly because it was where I was born and raised, so you could say I know a little bit about it. The first episode in this season, and hopefully seasons yet to come, will be a brief introduction to the land of Lincoln, and in a future mini-introduction leading up to our premiere July 9th, I'll discuss some of its darker side, besides Illinois politics anyway. We'll save that for another podcast. For now, let's dive into a quick geography and history of Illinois. Remember, the good stuff comes your way July 9th, and be on the lookout for more mini-episodes before we take a deep dive into the darker side of the land of Lincoln. Follow Occult Odyssey wherever you get your podcasts so you won't miss a moment of this season. Illinois is located in the Midwestern United States. Surrounding states are Wisconsin to the north, Iowa and Missouri to the west, Kentucky to the east and south, and Indiana to the east. Illinois also borders Michigan via northeastern water boundary and Lake Michigan. Nearly the entire western border of Illinois is the Mississippi River, except for a few areas in which the river has changed its course. Illinois' southern and southeastern boundary is along the Wabash River and the Ohio River, whereas its normal boundary and much of its eastern boundary are straight survey lines, meaning longitudinal and latitudinal lines. Illinois has a north-south distance of 390 miles, or 630 kilometers, if you're listening from outside the United States, and 210 miles, or 340 kilometers east-west. Illinois' soil and weather, although it's a bit unpredictable, make it a perfect industry for growing corn and soybeans in addition to raising pigs. The agricultural industry in Illinois makes up about $19 billion a year, and corn alone is 54% of this revenue. Soybeans make up about 25%. The climate and varied soil enable farmers to grow and raise many other agricultural commodities such as cattle, wheat, oats, hay, sheep, poultry, fruits, and other vegetables. Illinois is also known to produce several specialty crops, such as buckwheat, horseradish, ostriches, fish, and Christmas trees. Who knew? Not I, the Illinoisan. There's a bit of controversy over how exactly the state of Illinois' name came to be. American scholars previously thought that the name Illinois meant man or men in the Miami, Illinois language, with the original Illinois transformed via French into Illinois, with a more French-sounding ending. This etymology, however, is not supported by the Illinois language, which is a native tribe that settled in the area. The word for man in the Illinois language is Iraniwa, and the plural of man, or men, is Iraniwaki. So it doesn't really seem similar-sounding to Illinois. 
The name Illinois has also been said to mean tribe of superior men. That was also changed to Illinois. Um, this is also a false etymology. For those of you from Illinois, you will probably recognize Illinois as the name of the mascot for the University of Illinois Urbane, Urbana-Champaign, um, which has come into some controversy over the years known as Chief Illinois. According to one of my sources, the name Illinois actually derives from the Miami, Illinois verb irenwewa, which means he speaks the regular way. This was taken into the Ojibwe language, perhaps in the Ottawa dialect, and modified into Illinwe. The French borrowed these forms, spelling the W-E ending as O-I-S to make it sound French, and the current spelling form, the form that we see today, Illinois, began to appear in the early 1670s when French colonists had settled in the western area. The indigenous groups that occupied the area that we now call Illinois were the Illinois, Miami, Winnebago, Fox, Kickapoo, and Sauk. These are not, of course, all of the indigenous groups living in Illinois at the time, but they are, in fact, the main groups. If you're familiar with Illinois at all, you may recognize a couple of county names used to this day on that list that I just read. By the late 19th century, most of these groups were resettled or killed in war, both led by the federal government of the United States. The first documented Europeans to visit Illinois were for the French explorers Louis Joliet and Jacques Marquette in the year 1673. Marquette would soon after found a mission at the Grand Village of the Illinois, and in 1680, other French explorers under René Robert Cavillier and Sieur de la Salle and Henri de Tonti constructed a fort at the site of present-day Peoria, a city in Illinois. And in 1682, a fort atop Starved Rock in today's Starved Rock State Park. French Empire Canadians came south to settle particularly along the Mississippi River. Of course, water means life, as we know from our history texts. Illinois was part of first New France and then of La Louisiane until 1763, when it passed to the British with their defeat of France in the Seven Years' War. The small French settlements continued, although many French migrated west to St. Louis and St. Genevieve in Missouri in order to evade British rule. A few British soldiers were posted in Illinois, but few British or American settlers moved there as the Crown made it part of the territory reserved for natives west of the Appalachians and then part of the British province of Quebec. In 1778, George Rogers Clark claimed Illinois County for Virginia, of all places, and in a compromise, Virginia ceded the area to the new United States in the 1780s, in which it became part of the Northwest Territory, administered by the federal government, and later organized as states. The Illinois Territory was created on February 3, 1809, with its capital at Kaskaskia, say that five times fast, an early French settlement. During the discussions leading up to Illinois' admissions to the Union, the proposed northern boundary of the state was moved twice. One of Illinois' delegates, a man named Nathaniel Pope, wanted more land and lobbied to have the boundary moved a bit further north. In this move, Illinois added nearly 50 miles of Lake Michigan shoreline and the Chicago River. 
Pope and others envisioned a canal that would connect the Chicago and Illinois rivers and therefore connect the Great Lakes to the Mississippi River. Very promising future for transportation, trading, and industry. Finally, in 1818, Illinois was admitted into the Union and became the 21st U.S. state. The southern portion of Illinois territory was admitted as the state of Illinois, and the rest was actually joined to Michigan territory, and that was changed a little later on. I don't want to get too boring with the nitty-gritty details here, so we're going pretty quickly over a long time. Hope that's all right with you, travelers. The capital remained at Kaskaskia until 1819, when Vandalia became the capital of Illinois, and over the next... 18 years, three separate buildings were built to serve as the Capitol building. Finally, in 1837, the state legislators representing Sangamon County, under the leadership of then-state representative Abraham Lincoln, maybe you've heard of him, succeeded in having the Capitol moved to Springfield, the capital of Illinois to this day. Although Illinois is taught to elementary and high school students as a quote-unquote free state, it should be noted that there was nonetheless slavery in Illinois. So let's get into this darker history that I had never heard about in my K-12 career as an Illinois public school student. So the ethnic French had owned black slaves since the 1720s in this area, and American settlers had already brought slaves into the area from Kentucky, where slavery was allowed by law. Slavery was nominally banned by the Northwest Ordinance, but that was not enforced for those that already owned slaves. When Illinois became a state in 1818, this ordinance no longer applied, and about 900 slaves were held in the state. As the southern part of the state, which would later be known as Egypt or Little Egypt, was largely settled by migrants from the south, the section was hostile to now freed black men, women, and children. Settlers were allowed to bring slaves with them for labor, but in 1822, state residents voted against making slavery legal. legal. Still, most residents opposed allowing the free black population as permanent residents. Some settlers brought in slaves seasonally for work, or they brought them in as house servants. The Illinois Constitution of 1848 was written with a provision for exclusionary laws to be passed, and in 1853, John A. Logan helped pass a law to prohibit all African Americans, including those that were freed, from settling in the state of Illinois. Like I said, not taught in Illinois K-12 public schools, a bit surprising to me in my research, and very important to know the systemic racism and its practices and how they've evolved in this country. Let's move on. After it was established in 1833, Chicago gained prominence as a Great Lakes port and then as an Illinois and Michigan Canal port around 1848 and soon after a rail hub. By 1857, Chicago was Illinois' largest city, And with the tremendous growth of mines and factory in the state in the 19th century, Illinois was the ground for the formation of labor unions in the United States. During the Civil War, as well as afterward, Chicago's population skyrocketed, which increased its prominence. The Pullman strike and the Haymarket riot, which, spoiler alert, 
we'll probably talk about in other episodes, and particularly greatly influenced the development of the United States labor movement. A bit ahead of its time here, Illinois also became the first state to establish a system of state-supported treatment of mental illness and disabilities, replacing local almshouses under the leadership of Dorothea Dix. At the turn of the 20th century, Illinois had a population of nearly 5 million people. Many people from other parts of the country were attracted to the state by employment caused by the expanding industrial base. Whites were 98% of the state's population at this time. Illinois' continued immigration from southern and eastern Europe and by the African-American Great Migration from the south in the 20s, Illinois grew and emerged as one of the most important states in the Union. By the end of the century, the population in the state of Illinois had reached 12.4 million people. That's a lot of people. The Century of Progress World's Fair was held at Chicago in 1933. Oil strikes in Marion County and Crawford County led to another boom in Illinois in 1937. And by 1939, Illinois ranked fourth in the United States oil production industry. Illinois manufactured about 6% of the total United States military armaments produced during World War II, ranking seventh amongst the then 48 states. Remember, uh, we added to after World War II. Chicago became an ocean port with the opening of the St. Lawrence Seaway in 1959, and this connected Chicago to both the Mississippi River and to the Atlantic Ocean, which, again, an excellent place to be if you are trying to promote imports and exports into your state. Here's some fun facts history for you moving into the late 20th century. In 1960, a man named Ray Kroc opened the first McDonald's franchise in Des Plaines, which still exists as a museum, um, which is pretty neat. I'll have to check that out. It's not too far from me. Illinois also had a prominent role in the emergence of the nuclear age. In 1942, as part of the Manhattan Project, the University of Chicago conducted the first sustained nuclear chain reaction. And in 1957, Argonne National Laboratory near Chicago activated the first experimental nuclear power generating system in the U.S. By 1960, the first privately financed nuclear plant in the United States called Dresden One was dedicated near Morris, and in 1967, popular field trip destination for elementary school students, Fermilab, a national nuclear research facility near a town called Batavia, opened a particle accelerator, which was the world's largest for over 40 years. With 11 plants currently operating, Illinois leads all states in the amount of electricity generated from nuclear power until this day. So there you are, a brief history and some fun facts about Illinois. Moving on to our fast facts, fellow Illinoisans will remember elementary school by listening to some of these fast facts. Let's see how much you remember, shall we? Illinois has currently a little less than 13 million people, making it the sixth most popular state in the Union, the demonym for a person from Illinois, as you've already heard me say, is an Illinoisan. And the Illinois state flag has a regal eagle printed on it. Let's move on to some living insignia. 
Its state amphibian is the eastern tiger salamander. Its bird is the northern cardinal. Butterfly, the monarch butterfly, of course. Fish, the bluegill. Flower, the violet. Mammal, the white-tailed deer. No one is surprised if you've driven on an Illinois highway before. I'm sure that you may have had a run-in with a deer. Hopefully you and your loved ones were safe. Perhaps your car and the deer, not so much. Reptile is the painted turtle. Tree is the white oak. Now we're going to move on to something that I didn't know existed. The so-called inanimate insignia of Illinois. So did you know that states in the union have state dances? Because I didn't. The state dance of Illinois is the square dance, which makes me think that maybe that's why we had a square dancing unit in my physical education classes in elementary school. Anyone else in Illinois have a square dance unit in elementary school or perhaps anywhere in the Midwest? Does it go beyond the Midwest? Let me know. Reach out. Anyway, it's food, the gold rush apple or popcorn, of course, We have an industry grown on corn. It only makes sense that the food of the state of Illinois would involve corn in some sort of state. Fossil is the Tully Monster, and if you want to have nightmares for upwards of a week, give Tully Monster a quick Google. T-U-L-L-Y. Its slogan as of 1955, the land of Lincoln, and uh, some celebrities from Illinois. Here we go. Here's the the fun gossip stuff. So some famous celebrities from Illinois include NBA players Dwayne Wade and Derek Rose, actors Melissa McCarthy, Busy Phillips, Betty White, Robin Williams, Andre Brower, and Jonathan Van Ness, musicians Kay Flay, Ezra Furman, and Billy Corrigan of the Smashing Pumpkins, who, fun fact, went to my high school and hated it. Drag queen Shea Coulee and Kim Chi are also from Illinois. Game show host of Wheel of Fortune, Pat Sajak, and authors Ernest Hemingway and Ray Bradbury. Of course, there are many more famous people from Illinois, but we just don't have the time to talk about all of them today. Illinois, it should be noted, also birthed three presidents, Abraham Lincoln, Ronald Reagan, and Barack Obama. John Hughes, the famous Hollywood director, helped put some Illinois suburbs on the map with films like The Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And of course, I'd be remiss not to mention Home Alone. The McAllister House is, some, is a site that you can still visit in the northern suburb of Winnetka. And this ends our miniature tour. We hope you enjoyed this mini episode of the History and Geography of Illinois. Please follow Occult Odyssey wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star review on Apple iTunes with a kind comment and share us with friends or on social media to help this small independent podcast grow. You can find us on social media at Occult Odyssey Pod, P-O-D, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to suggest a topic or perhaps write a note of encouragement or thanks, you can write one to occultodysseypod at gmail.com. Thank you for touring with Occult Odyssey today. Let's not have a Midwestern goodbye on our hands and chat too much longer. We look forward to another adventure with you in the near future. Sources cited in this episode are Wikipedia, Illinois.gov, 
History.com and FamousPeople.com.